Carpenter. My name is Jason Alligott. I'm the teaching pastor of Fellowship Bible Church in Peoria. With me, as always, is Gary Gear, pastor of Calvary Baptist Bible Church, also in Peoria. Gary, I got to tell you a little something. I burnt the fire out of the roof of my mouth last night on a very hot piece of pizza. What what type of pizza was it? Crazy enough, it was Little Caesars, which my friend Mike Barber says is parking lot pizza. Because if you get it out of the parking lot, it'll be cold by the time you get it home. So you have to eat it in the parking lot. What, now, what time did you get this Little Caesars? It was about uh, seven o'clock last okay. night. Because about eight thirty, we also picked up a Little Caesars pizza, stuffed crust. Okay, and we took it home, and it was still fine. It was still warm. Was yes. Now, unlike you, though, I did not burn the roof of my mouth on it. Was this due to a lack of patience? Was this due to... I was I was very hungry, but I was not expecting Little Caesar's Pizza to burn the roof of my mouth. Well, it's it's it's, it's in that little oven there, though. No, it's... I understand. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I, I learned my lesson, Gary. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank like you. This. Yeah. So if I seem a little more somber today, it might be because okay. the roof of my mouth is just... It sounds uh, like you have a cleft palate or something. Yeah, it, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, no offense to anyone who does. I, I know I just realized how, <laughs> how offensive that could be to some of my friends. So, Yeah. So uh, you want to introduce our topic today? Uh, it's your topic, but I'll go ahead. Yeah, um, well, it's not... Well, well I mean, this, yeah. this, is, this is your week. My what, week, I know. Um, and it actually is kind of interesting because we've been going through Job on Wednesday nights. And I've been reading through some old Chesterton, uh, Ethics of uh, Elf, uh, Fairyland, and uh, we're going to talk about angelology today, or if I may put it this way, the existence of sentient beings that are not human. Right. If I, if I may, you know, the, the idea of, of their existence, yep. the idea of their interaction with mankind, um, and how we as believers are interact with them, we'll probably discuss some of the madness of evangelical culture or Pentecostal right. culture, yeah. uh, that or you know yeah. the, the the mythology that builds around that. Yeah, there's been waves certainly of popularity. Um, there was, uh, um, you know, sort of a wave in the '90s. I think another wave in the 2000s, and, and the newest wave, uh, which has come about, is uh, from Mike Heiser. If anybody is familiar with with uh, Dr. Mike Heiser and his uh, stuff on the um, divine council and what does that mean and angelic beings and some things like that. But yeah, essentially angelology is the study of angels. And uh, what is meant by that is uh, anything from what, what the Bible calls elect angels to fallen angels. And some would even categorize uh, other uh you know, within that category, there's uh, archangels and, and these kinds of things that people would, talk I would, about. I would also throw Satan in there, too. And, and Satan, of course, yeah. yes, is a fallen angel. Yeah. So so when you think about angels, you know, typically people are thinking about, uh, they have a certain picture in mind, which is, you know, of course, a winged being of some sort that's, uh, you know, very white and uh, light and uh, very human-like with wings. But, of course, the Bible, just to start here, on a point, never really describes angels to the point that they have been popularized in culture, as you just mentioned a, a moment ago. But I think the thing that um, folks do not realize, because they haven't spent much time thinking about angels uh, from the scriptures, is how does the scriptures talk about them? Uh, what does the scripture tell us? Are there varying 
you know, sort of levels of angels and, uh, you know, certainly when people are thinking of angels, they're not thinking of demons, but technically demons are, and Satan himself uh, being the chief demon, if you will, are fallen angels. Now, asking, I've got an answer in my mind, but um, would you agree with me that angelology is probably one of the most discussed but little known areas of Scripture? Yeah, I will say that. In the sense of popular culture? Well, I mean, I would say even among Christians. As someone who sat around many a campfire with with teenagers, sooner or later, it'll it'll turn into angels and ghosts. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it just just comes up at at some point. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, so to your point, the idea that it is much talked about, but little knowledge is actually... Yeah, agree. Yeah, for sure. So uh, have you had in your studies, Gary, whether formal in seminary or even uh, over your many years, many, 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 many years of ministry since you're so old, brother, uh, have you had much in the way of studying angelology? Um, I I have done some digging into it, Um, of of course, both from a biblical theology perspective and a systematic theology perspective. I think more in the idea when I've looked at it, it's been in the context of divine providence. Mm-hmm. That is, how does God accomplish His will? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we have to start before we go ontological. You know, mm-hmm. asking be, 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 be before asking uh, what angels are made of, or how many dance on the head of a pin, or whatever right, else. Right. I think we need to ask the question. Uh, how did angels come about, and why did God create them? For what yeah. purpose? Because yeah. when, when we start from that angle and we head from that direction, I think we have a much more balanced approach. Right. If I may put it that way. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great uh, distinction to make. Um, you know, angels are not eternal in the sense of the way that God is eternal. No, they had a beginning. They 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 were created. They are created beings. What distinguishes an angel from a person, though? Well, that would be the image of God. Mm-hmm. And now, yes, I would I would say mankind's made in the image of God. It never says how could angels be created and not be in the image of God. Right. But there's there's not that distinction, which brings up a whole other issue of sentient thinking that is not human thinking. Right. Right. And that's all speculation. So Right, right. You mean you haven't talked with an angel recently, Gary? Is that what you're saying? Just my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Some sort and of she, romantic and, music, and, no. and she never listens to the podcast, so oh, so, okay. so, she, so yeah. she's not going to hear I had, this. Actually, side note: I did have Amber listen to the one on our last one yesterday when did we were driving like back from San Luis. Did you say you have to listen to this? Or she was be in the, the car; I, she couldn't get out. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah. So, to your point of what you know, they're created beings. I, I, Hebrews one fourteen just gives such a great description of their. Uh, function, if you will, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Now, certainly, in that sense, we're talking about those that are elect angels, those that are, uh, you know, for lack of better terms, uh, God's servants. Those in confirmed creature holiness, if we want to. Right. Yeah. Right. And and uh, and it, it really, to un- unpack the word, is messenger. Yeah, and that's the idea behind the the Greek word, which which brings up a whole other question that we can answer one way, but we can't answer in another. Um, why would a sovereign God who saw who has total control over every atom in the universe and controls all of it, why would He need to create a whole another 
group of beings. Yeah. And I, again, I have no idea, except it glorifies them more than if he didn't. Yeah. If I may put it that way. Sure. Well, I mean, this does raise the question of, um, of revelation, if you will. Um, it is in Hebrews as well. Where it talks Are you talking about, about the process or the book? The process. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 um, um, there's a whole other conversation about revelation and the book of Revelation and angels, right? But um, the whole uh, the whole uh, point of messengers, where sometimes God speaks directly, it seems, but other times you see this one known as the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, which is a, another discussion. Uh, but then you also see times where God is communicating through His angels, and I just off the top of my head kind of wonder if some of that has to do with no one can look at God and live, you know, kind of idea that God is is working through uh, his messengers in one way or another. You think about, um, and of course, there's discussion over this. Who does Daniel see? Right. Is it is it the Lord? Is it an angelic <clears throat> being? I'm not sure that we can answer that definitively. I mean, we, we may what lean about one Joshua? Of, yeah, or Joshua, yeah. or, um, you know, the... the um, as uh, Moses is talking with the burning bush, there's an angel of the Lord, and then there's he's speaking is as if he's Yahweh. Yeah. Is that a theophany? Yeah. You know that whole question. But but I think certainly to answer the question in part of why did God decide to do this, uh, like you said, we, it's speculation because God doesn't really tell us other than this idea of ministering spirits sent out to serve. Um, okay, but but why did God do that? I mean, you know, right. we could we could you know not we could speculate on that. So right, and and again, and that becomes kind of dangerous, and that may even enter into the divine counsel area that you were talking about earlier. Right, right, uh, which I think is is dangerous speculation. Yeah, but the idea of regardless of of how and why, and I think we do miss this out on believers because we still drink from the enlightenment more than we'd like to admit. Yeah, there is a sense where we are being supernaturally taken care of mm-hmm. by intelligent beings, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what all that consists of, I could not tell you, but I do right. believe nonetheless that it still happens. Yeah, so you know, people will talk about having a guardian angel um, in some sense, and I'm not saying that that's the the way you're framing it, but but the idea that there are those that minister and serve. In, in a spiritual realm right. that is is very anti-intellectual and rationalistic. Well, I would I would say this, and I... I, it, I mean, according it, to some. Okay, yeah. and use the term... Okay, so what you're saying is that some would say the idea of angels ministering to us is anti-rational or anti-intellectual. Right. I, I ask the question, why why would they say that? When, when Scripture says, okay, this is them ministering, this is what they accomplish... Yeah. I understand going to the other extreme and saying, I've got my own personal guardian angel. Right. I'm going to, uh, you know, do the whole Frank Peretti chasing out the darkness load of crap. Um, <laughs> Thanks for this. Thanks for the book review tagged on. Well, I, I, I just, in case anyone yeah. wondered what I thought yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, but I, and it's wrong to go to the extreme, but but just to understand, and I, I think it's with, it's, it's with uh, Elisha. When, when he asks God to open the eyes of the guy next to him, and he sees the whole city right. surrounded by angels. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's something that, that was already happening at that right. point. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think we're, I think we're in danger of, um, of uh, over-emphasizing 
um, the rationale uh, perspective or the, or the rational perspective, I should say, um, when, when we say that doesn't happen anymore, because how do we know? I mean, I would say we know, in fact, that it seems to happen because spiritual warfare seems to be going on, um, not at the Frank Peretti level necessarily, but um, uh, I think our reason doesn't want to allow us to go there, even as Christians, and to say that that is still the case with, with what Elisha asked the Lord right. to reveal. And so... Um, yeah, I, I, I think that um, we have become, as you said, we we become so uh, in, you know saturated by the enlightenment that we can't um, can't conceive of that. And there, there there's something intrinsic to what you said, which I think is interesting. When we think of angels, we only think in terms of miraculous works and not providential works. Yes. Yeah. When, when scripture doesn't necessarily make that distinction. distinction. Yeah, that's right. Now you do. Yeah. Now it, it's when the angel shows up. There's that holy crap moment. Right. And it's like, oh yeah. my word, there's yeah. there's something. My donkey's here. talking. Yeah. yeah and, and my donkey's talking, or Mary's sitting there. <laughs> right. And right. an angel appears, yeah. and this. I mean, it's obviously yeah. not human. Yes. It shines forth with a light that reflects from the from from the presence of God, which has. Um, Oh, what's the term I'm looking for? It, it 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 has an existential impact we can't fully understand. Right. I hate to get all Neoplatonic, but it's almost like it, it goes beyond our physical to who we are. Yeah. And we we recognize those areas, but I think we got to be careful that we should not limit angels only to the providential. And here's something to think about: we have no problem in thinking of de- of angels, of, of demons, and Satan working providentially. Right? You know, it's like, well, Satan's bringing this. You know, oh, this commercial came on my TV. Here's a girl from Victoria's Secrets eating a large pizza. So I'm being, you know, yeah, t- yeah. tempted with lust and gluttony. Yeah, that yeah, must be yeah. Satan yeah, working. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But on the flip side, we don't ever sit there and look at that there's an angel working providentially right. that God has assigned to work unless providentially. We, unless we swing that pendulum to the other side and there's a demon behind every bush. Oh, yeah. And there's an angel behind every you yes. know, good event. You know, I, I just was thinking about this the other day when I was uh, uh, driving is, you know, everybody always talks about the steering wheel suddenly not going the direction I'm pulling it. And it must have been an angel that... You know, steered me away from that. Like, does an angel ever steer us into that, like into the trouble? You know, <laughs> well, because if we're talking about providence and yes. you know God's hand in that, it's uh, you know. Um, well, we we have to go places, and again, this is where we 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 have to root ourselves in what God does. Um, Job, God God says. I mean, what, what does He tell Satan in chapter two? He says. Even though you moved me against him without cause, I believe mm-hmm. is the basic phrase. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know, we sometimes ask for Jesus to take the wheel, but sometimes Jesus wants to drive us off the road. That's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> the point I was making. Yeah, when I thought about that the other day, is like, you know, you always hear the stories of, and I just know an angel was, you know, steering the car. Like, why doesn't he ever steer us into the oncoming traffic? Yes, you know, exactly. And, and just the question, not not because we want to be morbid and think about it that way, but. But why is it always the miraculous on the one hand, and not the you know the miraculous or intervention? Yes, or positive and negative. In, yeah, in the in the negative sense of right, you know. Um, and of course, we we know that um, ultimately God does not want to cause us harm, um, in the sense of like He, it's, for believers, He wants our good, right? 
yes. in, in, in the end of things. But it doesn't mean there's not a bumpy way along the way. Yeah, it, it, sometimes it will be painful, and sometimes right. he has to have us experience pain in order for our greater good in the long term. Right, right. And who's to say that angels are not a part, as you mentioned earlier, of the providential way in which God is working? Again, back to the question of why does he have to do it that way? Well, I'm not really sure, but he does. Why, so. why do you think God names angels sometimes or tells us their names? I mean, I'm sure that they all have names, but of course, the, the names of Gabriel and Michael in Scripture. Um, mm-hmm. Why do you think he gives us their names? you have any thoughts on that? And I, I don't think it's a deep dive theologically. I'm just kind of curious. So we can name our kids something cool? I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm going to name you Gabriel. It's an angel's name. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. I, yeah. I, there, there, there's one thing I find a little bit curious, and I, I'm wondering if God does this when uh, in Jude... When, mm-hmm. when, when, rather than saying the head angel, he tells us it's it's Michael, mm-hmm. who we know to be you know the most powerful among the angels. Scripture, I believe, identifies him or the head of the angels. Right. And when you see the fact that not even he goes against Satan, I think that not only I hate to use the term humanizes him, but personalizes it, but it also undercuts the whole argument that somehow we can control demonic powers. Right. Yeah, it's a good if, point. If I if I if I may put yeah, it that way, yeah, it's it, a good it, point. It, it draws our attention to that. Yeah. That if if even Michael's not going to sit there and say, you know, in your face, if Michael's right. just saying, I'm going to let God take care of yeah. you. Yeah, that's right. That's a good point. And walks away from it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's it's uh, really helpful. And that that leads to a question of: uh, <laughs> uh, Are angels more powerful than us? Do we have the ability somehow to overcome? Angels. Can an angel eat a whole package of Klondike bars in one <laughs> sitting? I don't think so. But who has two thumbs and done it? This yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm sure in some yeah. areas, they well, absolutely they have capacities and abilities that we do not have. They can dwell in the presence of God, yeah. which has its own entire toolbox there. Right, right. Um, but as far as stronger, I don't... Yeah. And it, I'm not trying to escape the question, yeah. but it, it strikes me as more of an apples versus oranges type setup or type question. Yeah, well, you think about Jacob wrestling, right? And But whom did he wrestle? Right, that's the question, yes. of course. And... You know, we we say Jacob wrestled with God. Uh-huh. I mean, so um, uh, you you got to imagine that if it's a messenger of God or God Himself in some sort of a theof, uh, the, uh, theophany. Theophany, right? I couldn't come up with the word. <laughs> Mr. PhD. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I was trying to say theophonic, but I don't think that that's necessarily a word. I don't know. You just made it one. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah, it's good. Let's write a book on it. Um, but uh, yeah, so wh- whatever that is, you have to imagine it's kind of like the the dad who lets the son kind of win the wrestling match, right. you know? And then, oh, by the way, boom, I'm going to touch your hip and you're <laughs> not going to be able to yeah. walk straight for the rest of your life. But um, yeah, I would say it, it seems best to understand that well, I think your point is great that it's an apples and oranges kind of kind of a discussion because they're a different kind of being altogether. Now, what about uh, how much time we got? Ten minutes left or so? A few minutes? Yeah. Okay. Ten. Um, okay. Um, we, by the way, just as an aside, we have a producer with us That's today. Right. That's right. And uh, uh, name of J A. We're not going to give his full name because that's how he's known, J A. <laughs> Uh, but I, we really appreciate him being here and uh, keeping us on track. Um, spiritual warf- war, uh, warfare, then. 
Because if you, if you talk about angelology, you come into spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. and that vista opens up before us. Spiritual warfare, define it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to get that question before you did. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think we think or, or we, we see in Scripture that we struggle not against flesh and blood, mm-hmm. but against powers and principalities. Um, I think this is where Heiser, who, by the way, I don't agree with him much on anything, um, even though I, he was my Hebrew prof. Um, I, I don't think that... I, I do think he's right in saying that these powers and principalities do begin to give us an idea that angels are uh, greater um, than just a single category. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Of... of, of, um, of uh, um, well, you have the seraphim creatures, and the four right. beasts so, yeah, and all Whatever that, yeah. all those different things are. I mean, some people would say seraphim and cherubim aren't necessarily named as angels, you know? Yeah. There, there's this... So there's a heavenly host, if you will. Yeah. But if we're talking generally in categories of, of angels, I think it's fine to, to, to do that. Um, spiritual warfare, though, is... Um, the wrestling with, I think, um, the ideologies of the world. Um, we're, you know, uh, Paul says that we're building up strongholds uh, or tearing down. Sorry, not building up, tearing down strongholds um, uh, of that are that are, uh, that are ideological. Um, so I think it has something to do with that. I think there's also, you know, you hear about. Um, you know, uh, um, is it Michael or Gabriel that's wrestling over Moses's body? That's Jude. That's uh, Michael. Michael, yeah. So, I mean, you have those kinds of things going on. Um, here's here's the point where I'm uncomfortable being definitive is um, that we somehow engage in the supernatural aspect of that outside of prayer and fasting and um, <coughs> the, you know what I'm saying so we can't bind Satan or or demons or, no. or anything like that and that's typically what people are talking about when they say spiritual warfare right um, so uh, we, I think we if it as it were we're kind of we're kind of battling on the plane of truth and falsehood um, fa- uh, Satan is the father of lies. Mm-hmm. Um, but there may be something going on metaphysically that we cannot see that is um, paralleled in some okay. way with angels and demons. I don't know. What are your thoughts? No, I would say, well, I, I think you, I, I agree with most of what you said there. I think in First Peter 5, mm-hmm. when it talks about Satan as a roaring lion, and we, we use that, but we forget the context right. of what it's talking about. And he's talking about believers who are suffering for being in Christ. And that what Satan is going to do is he's going to take advantage of that, and he's going to try to convince believers that they don't deserve to suffer. Mm-hmm. And if they don't deserve to suffer, then maybe they should be turning away from the gospel itself. And what we see there is a far more subtle form of influence mm-hmm. than we normally see, like you know, someone saying, well, I, I saw me a, a, a bad picture, and it must have been Satan that put that in front of me. I'm not Satan doesn't, right? but we're talking about the most intelligent created being in all reality. Mm-hmm. He 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 may hit us with a mallet over the head, right? But he probably leaves that to others, right? And with he himself, he works on a far more subtle, far more less obvious level. But he still works supernaturally. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and we would say, as the small G God of this age has influence over certainly the 
the ideologies and concepts that are being produced by the world, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, we, the, the, the three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Um, I, don't, I don't need the devil to tempt me. I've got the flesh. But he does, right? What, through his means. Right. As it were. His fiery darts. Yes. And again, I, I think we would see providence there. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. The, 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 the providence of that works and realizing that God decrees to permit those things to take place at that point. Yeah. Um, one of the other questions that comes up often when we talk about angels and demons is, uh, can a Christian be demonized or possessed by a demon? Is demon possession even legitimate to talk about? Is it a category that still exists today? I'm not saying it cannot exist today, because I don't know, but I don't believe a believer can be possessed. I mean, if if you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, there's Mm -hmm. just... Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. Right, right. Yeah. Now, but then people make the distinction between oppression right. and possession. And you may even be familiar with, uh, oh, come on, this, not not this present darkness. I actually wrote a paper on him back in seminary. C. Fred Dickinson? No, 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 not, not, okay. not his. Uh, the uh, uh, Anderson. Uh, Neil uh, T. Anderson? Yes, Neil T. Anderson. And his whole... His whole push that the majority of our sin nature comes from demonic forces. Oh, so yeah. there, there's a series right. of rituals you have to do to in your un- life and in your house, and, and yeah, to 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 cast this word. The majority of the sin problem has yeah. to be external as opposed to internal. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did mention Dickinson, who was a uh, professor at Moody. I'm not sure that he's alive anymore. I don't um, think so. I think he passed away about he? ten years. Yeah. Ago, okay. Least. Yeah. Yeah. So he he was even before my time at Moody which I'm coming up on 25 years, but um, he um, he did make the argument that Christians could be, uh, he didn't like the word uh, possessed, but demonized, which is probably the better biblical Possibly, term yeah. anyway. Uh, but um, uh, yeah, so just an interesting, um, interesting conversation there. Uh, what are some resources, Gary, that you would encourage people to look at in in regards you know to what, angelology. One, one of the best ones, and I don't know if they still publish it, but the regular Baptist Press had a little book by, by Alex Kanya called Demons. Oh, okay. And it was a small book, but it was probably one of the most biblically balanced approaches to the question of angels and demons that I've ever seen. I mean, yeah. even talking about Christ casting out demons, can we cast out demons today? The whole bit and the way it approached it was just so very well done. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I... I I do believe that demon possession can happen today. I don't believe it can happen to believers. Mm-hmm. But I think that Satan knows his audience, and in a very sort of advanced society like what we live in today, I think it's more rare. Um, perhaps it's more subtle in our society than it is in a third world country where there's a lot more animism right. or you know, witchcraft kind of stuff, and there would be a greater expectation for the supernatural in that sense. I think C.S. Lewis talked about it somewhat in the Screwtape Letters, that the idea as technology progressed, uh, they wanted people to stop believing in demons less mm-hmm. and to believe anything but God more. And, and part of what you're saying, I think we don't see it as much in our cultures because Satan doesn't want to draw attention yeah. to any sort of you know yeah. spiritual dichotomy. Yeah. I mean, Yeah, I did hear someone once say that it may have been now turned to the fascination with conspiracies like UFOs and things yeah, like that. Yeah, QAnon and all that, yeah. Yeah, where there's, you know, the uh, the um, uh, the kind of sightings that have been done. It's like the things that people are saying they see, no physical 
craft could move as quickly as it does. So perhaps yeah, I've, I've found members who believe those are all demons. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe they're from Oklahoma. I, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> but you know, there, there's one thought. I know we got to wrap it up. In a minute. This is just a weird thought to think about. You do realize right at this moment, angels and demons are hearing us talk about them. Yes, thank and you I'm, for freaking me out, Gary. And I've <laughs> got to wonder what they think. Yeah. And hopefully, I will never find out until yeah. I, I get to glory. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, I mean, that's that's how real these situations are. That that yeah. that's how, as believers, we cannot put things upon them God has not, or, or give them credit for things God hasn't. Right. Or uh, or ignore them either. If I right. put it that way. Yeah, one resource that I would recommend, and it's a little bit pricey, but uh, Joel Beakey's Systematic Theology, Volume 1, actually deals with uh, angels and demons in the last part of the book. It's not a very thick section, but it's very helpful, very thorough. Um, And what you'll find in in, uh, previous systematic theologies, especially ones that are more in the tradition of sort of Reformed systematic theologies, they don't deal with it really at all. and so uh, it's really neat to see Beaky and Smalley's, the co-author with that, uh, kind of deal with um, the issue of angels and demons. Uh, I've, I found that very helpful cool. in, in that volume. So um, uh, any other thoughts here before we wrap up, Gary? Well, thanks for checking in with us today. We really appreciate it. And if you have any questions or comments about this episode in particular, you can go to wallcarpradio.wordpress.com. Look for this episode there and put a comment there. You can always find us on uh, facebook.com slash wallcarpradio or uh, twitter.com slash wallcarpradio. Uh, reach out to us uh, via those uh, venues. Uh, let us know if there's things you'd like for us to um, uh, talk about or, or converse about or just let us know uh, questions or comments you have about this episode. Until next time, we'll see you later. Catch us. Thank you.